0: joined by Rick Doughton, VP of Information Security at Centene Corporation. Rick has extensive experience in the cybersecurity industry and also participates in a lot of activities related to cybersecurity education. So I know he's going to be a great guest. Uh, Welcome, Rick. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you. We appreciate the time. So let's jump into it. What are uh, some of the misconceptions that people have about a career in cybersecurity?
1: I think first coming into it is that we've unfortunately made it too intimidating. Is that it doesn't take a degree in math. It doesn't take having a STEM education. It doesn't take understanding of like, you know, computers and networking, all those things. Those help. But there's a rainbow of careers within the cybersecurity field that require different skill sets. But the most important thing is your personality and your aptitude. And so I think that's probably the biggest misconception is that people who may be in audit, accounting, legal, or whatever, who would be really, really good candidates for cybersecurity positions and different things, don't feel like they have the opportunity to move over into them. And then unfortunately, you know, we have limited it based on, you know, requirements of having a degree or certifications and things like that, which has Carved out a lot of people who may have been great candidates that didn't feel that they were qualified or didn't get past the HR process.
0: No, I think it's great because we've definitely talked with a uh, number of lawyers that ended up making the switch to become CISOs and things like that. So I think you hit on like two really good points. One is people have to understand it's more than guys in hoodies, hands on keyboards, cranking as pen testers. And then the second piece of it is that it is a very broad spectrum of the types of people and the types of skills. So I think it gets into kind of our next question. You hit on a little bit, but you know, what are the qualities that you think are essential for cybersecurity roles?
1: Really, it's about aptitude. And it's about, it's kind of like how they say detectives and teachers are born and not made. Certain roles in cybersecurity are that way as well. You mentioned pen testing. I ran pen test teams for 10 years from late 90s, to late 2000s. Early on, most of the people, nobody had a degree in computer science. Actually, maybe one person in the early teams but it was a rad tag group of people who were had degrees in accountants, accounting, one had entomology degree, bug man, psychology. I have a degree in English literature. And so it really is just about pattern matching, spatial relations, looking at those types of things. There's an aspect to it that there is a, a girl on TikTok, who I think is a waitress in Chicago, that goes and uses open source through social media to find somebody's birthday. And I'm like, that's brilliant. She figured that out on her own. That's the kind of mindset. And there are some personality tests that help determine where you fit into that mindset. So a lot of times what I am looking for when I'm interviewing is that personality. How does the person fit into the team? How does the person want to grow? What areas do they want to move into? What are their interests and what are they really good at doing? You might be just really good at organization. You might be really good at like finding things, but You may not have the follow through to fix things. So it's like, okay, well, this is a great role for you. Again, running both people, you know, the, the pen testers are kind of, and the forensics people are like two sides of the same corn. It's the same personality. One finds problems. One's like, does detective work to figure out how they got in and you know, what happened? And so those are very similar, but when we get into governance, risk compliance, we get into architecture and audit and things like that, then. We get into softer types of skills that are really important.
0: Yeah, I think about it as being, you know, are you a learned person? Are you constantly on a journey to learn new things? And also, do you want to work in a dynamic environment? If you have those two types of qualities, you're going to love cybersecurity because it's constantly changing. There's always something new to learn that you're never done with yeah. the journey of learning because the attack vectors and our creative yeah, adversaries.
1: Continuing improving, you're falling behind. And then yeah. that dealing with uncertainty. So that's another kind of line of questioning is like, how do you feel about going against a problem that's never been solved before, like when pin testing, or yeah. a problem that you've never addressed before? And how are you going to kind of resolve that? So there are certain people who I've interviewed years over the years that are a lot smarter than I am, much better pedigrees and way educated, but they just don't have the personality type to deal with the uncertainty and the dynamic aspect of this type of career.
0: Yeah, well, You mentioned another thing about uh, resumes, or I should say resumes, uh, job spec requirements. I think us as practitioners have to, we all complain that there's a shortage of people, but yet every time we post a job position, it's like 10 years of this, five years of this, this and that. (laughs) That's like, we've set the bar so high. So I'm just wondering if you think about these two qualities, the essential qualities that you look for. Any ways for people to kind of display that in their resume? Have you thought about that?
1: Yeah. And you bring up an excellent point because the HR departments really are our biggest limiting factor and they're doing their job, which is, you know, if you want someone in this labor category or this pay ban, they need to have these requirements, but we're special, but then every department in the company thinks they're special, right? And so how do you kind of resolve that? So that relationship is key, particularly in a large company, to be able to reconcile that we're going to be paying somebody a lot of money who doesn't have a degree, but they have the skills that are doing these things. And it may be paid more than somebody else with more education, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So kind of reconciling that and some industries and some companies have a harder time than others in dealing with that. So that's the yeah. one thing. So on the to your question specifically is a lot of times the people who are filtering the resumes first plus have no idea what they're looking for. And so they're doing keyword searches for like CISSP or certain things. Mm. So what I tell people, and this is not this is not cheating because you're not lying about it, is like put in this like working on CISSP. So that na- that code is in there. And they're not going to even know what that means. They just say, oh, because I like even box. to this day get recruiters sending me emails to be a pen tester. And it's like, hey, Rick, here's a great position that I think you'd be interested in. It's a pen test for this firm up in, in New Jersey or whatever. I'm like, did you even look at my yeah. LinkedIn profile. So what people can do is, and this is just there are people better than I who talk about how to make resumes that stand out. But what I look for is things about what you've done and particularly problems you solved and a lot of times activities that you do not related to security that help me understand who you are. And so I really appreciate that. And I'll tell you my favorite story, it's a quick one from Please. literally 20 years ago. So In 2002, I'm hiring pen testers, and I don't expect anyone to have ever done it before. You know, it's still new. And so I'm looking at mostly admins that, you know, Unix admins, Windows admins, network admins, et cetera. And and a lot of my peers, I mean, I've told this story a lot, and I've been on lots of panels with my CISO peers about hiring, and we all like violently agree. But the people who get out and want to violently agree, not everyone agrees in my industry, in my position. But what I do is I say, give me every resume of someone who thinks they can do the job. I don't want you to filter it on, do they have degrees or do they have certifications or meet the requirements? Like anyone who sends it in, I want to see it, even if it's 500 of them. Because I can very quickly go through and it's like, nope, nope, maybe, nope, nope. Hmm. So 20 years ago, I get the stack of like 50 resumes because everyone wants to be a pen tester because it's a cool job, right? And I'm going through and everyone has it. And I look at this guy, he was a, a Solaris administrator, came out, It was in, I was in Virginia, so mostly government contractors. And then I kind of turn the page, I look, at like previous experience, sword fisherman, Gloucester, Massachusetts, 86 to 87. And I'm like, I want to talk to this guy. Right. And the VHR <laughs> person's like, why? His, his background's so no different. I said, you see this? Did you ever watch A Perfect Storm? Yeah, I'm like, exactly. I would never do that job. Right. This person is afraid of nothing, up for anything, and will just go right into the, the fray. And I'm like, yeah. this is the kind of person that I want. That's awesome. Did yeah. he get the hire and he got, I got outbid by Booz Allen.
0: Yeah, well, that's still really cool. So you mentioned in our prep call that people interested in cybersecurity should really specifically look at cloud security. So wondering why, why do you think
1: that? Because that's where everything is going. If you are a small organization, it makes sense to be cloud native because you have no business like setting up your own environment and network everything. We have subsidiaries in my company that are, it's a bunch of desktops and it's the cloud. And it's, that's pretty much it. And that's the way most organizations should be. I mean, there was a statistic that I've seen a couple of times recently that in the US, 99.9% of corporations are less than 500 employees. So big companies like mine are like in this, like, way, you know, so the Fortune 500, and then there is 3 million other companies, you know, and so not everyone has that. So the cloud is a great enabler with software as a service, infrastructure as a service, and, you know, even platform as a service to be able to put together an environment that 10 years ago you would not be able to do. And you could just spin them up easily and you don't have to like that Solaris administrator, set up that box and set it up and someone who's special do it, the network to it and et cetera, et cetera. So we need to secure that. And securing that is different than what we did in the data center. I have a whole keynote about this on my YouTube channel about that I do at conferences and on my YouTube channel about how cloud security is different than perimeter and data center security. The cloud is a big application. I was just in the local Charlotte CISO community. We had an event this morning talking about application security in the CICD pipeline. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we kind of bump up against is the perception of the security team of understanding what is different about, it's not just the SDLC developers are developing code and pushing it up there. There's infrastructure as code, there's temporary workloads, there's all kinds of different aspects. There's APIs, there's service accounts, there's different types of things that become more complicated securing them is not done with traditional tools in fact traditional tools don't work in the cloud in most cases and one of them being like posture management is something that fills the gap that traditionally a vulnerability scanner would do and now I can't see this because of this micro segmentation and these virtual networks so is like I can't like see any of that so i need something that's in there to be able to do it so that's why if you're looking to you know unless you want to like deal with legacy legacy platforms the cloud is the way to go because that's where everybody's going it's like I think Wayne Grisky says, when you're playing hockey, don't go to where the puck is, go where it's going.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it it absolutely is. It's a massive wave that's been going on for a while. And i date myself too, because I worked at a a company that no longer exists today, well, exists as a part of Dell, but EMC. And I remember in early 2000, what it would take a company to set up a website. And it was basically two or three million bucks if you wanted an enterprise class website, because you needed all this hardware that they'd have to buy and then they have to go to a data center provider and physically put it in there. And like, so it, it is amazing the depth and breadth of what you can get from AWS or Azure. It is really impressive. And to your point, if you want to get cutting edge skills, uh, it is in cloud security. So I agree with you hundred percent on that. And EMC
1: as a perfect example is like that storage. You pay a million dollars for your big storage arrays. And now I can just go and spin up three terabytes with the click of a button. And it costs me dollars. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. No, it's definitely changed. So you hit on this a little bit in one of the prior questions, but I know you have very strong opinions about security certifications. So what do you tell our listeners a little bit about your perspective on this?
1: My perspective is it's less important than real. Work experience. But before I start ranting, I will preface by saying that there are some organizations that require to have it. There are some roles that require to have it. My current role requires me to have certain certification just to be able to make sure that I'm this high enough to ride the ride. I got my CISSP in 2009 when I went to Lockheed Martin because 8570.1 requirements for the government to have certain certifications for certain billing rates. Mm -hmm. understand that that is there. But I have looked at people who throughout my career who have lots of certifications are, you know, it's not a substitution for real experience. For people like me who know the difference, <laughs> you know, it's like that goodwill hunting swim line where the professor said, you know, listen, there's four people who understand the difference between you and me, and I'm one of them. And that bothers me to everybody else. They don't know the difference between us. And so we know the difference between someone who has, and I literally knew somebody who had, on their business card, back when we had business cards, their certifications went on the front and then around the back of the business card because he had 15 certifications. There was something that was that was like one of their pride. They had a spreadsheet of the company of who had more certification. I'm like, when I see that, I see, when are you working? Could you spend all your time in class studying and doing things? Now, go back to my first statement that there might be a requirement, and I understand that. I personally just went through the, the CSA cloud security certification, because I wanted to see what it was, I mean, on the board of my local cloud security Alliance chapter here in Charlotte, and we talk about that a lot. And I wanted to go through it and be able to speak firsthand what it is. And some of the certifications are better than others. Some are really just, you can take it cold and figure out all the answers. Some of them are ones that are actually not accurate, kind of out of date, that 30% of it's kind of wrong, but give back to what they say. And some of them are not very practical and that, okay, this is all great, but it's all academic that you'll never use in the real world. So there are certain ones that I have more respect for than others. So going back to like the core question is like, if you want to get into it as an education, it's a good thing to start with because it's a structured way. And for when you're coming in new, it's perfectly fine to like start with that security plus, maybe start working for CISSP, get into ISAC on a CISA or things like that as you're kind of getting into it. But once you're a practitioner and you're working, then unless there's a specific thing you need for a requirement because some contract needs it or, hey, I need to be certified in, you know, a Palo Alto or Cisco or something like that to that, then I would say focus more on trying to find education around more than certification because that's what I'd be looking for. I know that's a much longer answer than I expected.
0: No, no, it's an excellent answer. And I I think for us, when we're hiring people at the entry level, it is good to have a certification or two it does help to differentiate. Again, talk about the learn. It shows that you've taken some initiative, especially if you don't have the college education. That you're showing that you're still, you know, pursuing education in, in the career that you're becoming passionate about. But I think it's a balance because, unfortunately, there are some really good organizations out there that make total sense, and then there are some, you know, you wouldn't know it, but for-profit organizations mm-hmm. that are that are shamming people out of thousands of dollars and. That sort of stuff really irks me to see that out in the marketplace. So I think that for somebody new to the industry, reach out to people, get feedback on on, uh, on Twitter, find out what certifications are good for entry-level people to to participate in, and that will be valuable so that you don't end up spending money that you probably don't have early in your career on things that turn out to be a waste of time and money.
1: Right. And I think the important thing is kind of like, if you can find a mentor, you know, yeah. if someone who's in the industry kind of give you that guidance about like what you'd be looking for. And yeah. if you have a goal about a certain role, because like I said, there's a rainbow of 40 different roles. Mm-hmm. I think the SANS Institute has a whole publication about all the different roles in cybersecurity, which I think I've probably done all of them in my career. There are certain backgrounds that I want to look for. If you're like an application security person, I'm would happy to have you as a with a computer science degree and understand coding and understand these things. But if you are like a pen tester, I really don't care if you were someone who used to take things apart to figure out how they work and you're always trying to do things. And, and here's the other thing is from an educational standpoint, the first years of like all the pent- well, with a few exceptions, we were all like underachieving C students. We're not the straight A people. We're not the valedictorians. We're the ones who like did enough to get by to kind of look at the system to like, hey, C's to get degrees. Who cares? And I remember when I was at Lockheed early on, there was a getting an intern and they said, hey, here's all these, these are high school interns. Like these all have 4.0s. And I said, I can't use them because these are people who want to follow directions and follow the script and not to, I want people yeah. who are trying to do as little as possible to be most efficient. I think maybe Bill Gates had said something about that. It's like developers who were C students, they did as little as possible to get by and they're more efficient.
0: Oh, well said, well said. And I think that the idea of finding a mentor in the industry I know um, we hack purple. Tony Jenkins has a a Monday mentor program where people can follow her on Twitter and find a mentor that way. I would just ask that people, when they reach out, realize that it's the person's being mentored. It's their role to build a relationship and to make sure it's ongoing because uh, usually the person that's mentoring is pretty busy. But I like you. I know we're always willing to help but it takes the the initiative of the person looking for help as opposed to the one who wants to give it. So, uh, you know, think about it that way when you do get engaged, but we
1: talk yeah, about a There's a woman lot. that I started mentoring when she was in leadership development program at Lockheed back in 2009 that I still talk to probably once a month, even 12 that's, years later. Yeah, that's wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's great. And you and I know that we look at it the same way. We we love to give back. We've been blessed by the help. Right. I mean, there's and, a
1: lot uh, of knowledge out there. It needs to be shared and yeah. responsibility to get it out there.
0: Oh, totally agree. Well, this was awesome. So for our listeners, you should go to YouTube and search uh, Rick's cybersecurity videos. It's a lot of great content out there, uh, all free. So please take Rick up on his opportunity to learn more about cybersecurity through his videos. I've checked out quite a few and they're really uh, very valuable. So Thank you for joining us today, Rick. We really appreciate it. And to our listeners, a reminder, uh, you can up your cybersecurity skills and you can get a one-year free access to ThreatX Academy by simply using the promo code podcast. ThreatX Academy can be found at academy.threadx.com. Thanks again, Rick. We appreciate it. And everybody have a great day.
1: Thank you. My pleasure. Have a great day, everybody.